On a jam-packed episode of Pie Hard, we talk Collingwood coups, meet the club's newest board member, we consult the Dacosian calendar, the AFL sponsorship balls up, and we farewell a legitimate Collingwood legend. This is Pie Hard. Looking at Collingwood today, it's hard to imagine that this was one of the toughest suburbs in Melbourne. I have a magpie tattooed in a certain spot. I wouldn't say it's the biggest magpie getting around. Out of control brawl outside a Collingwood pub. 60 years ago, it was lined with boot factories. As gritty, grotty suburbs in prime locations turned into trendy hotspots. Once had five bounces, nearly get another one. He's the smartest guy on the team. Because we don't have too many to pick from. You've got to go back to Billy Graham at the MCG for an American to dominate like this. The bubbles bursting three decades of grand final wobbles. I still can't believe it. I can. Oh. A weekend order by the club of 288,000 cans to be consumed. More comfortable with myself. It's as close as you'll get to greatness, you peanut. Shut up. Oh, hello, Magpie Land. Oh, my God. What a what a couple of weeks it's been. Two and a half. Apologies out there uh, for missing last week's <laughs> program. We we did encounter some technical difficulties, but, oh, my God, has it made for a juicy program tonight. And as always, joining me from the coast is none other than Alex Watkins. Alex, well, we got through, we got through it last week, but welcome back to uh, Pie Hard. I missed you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. It's been building up, hasn't it? Just mm. simmering, and we're about to lift the lid on the um, the hot pot. Uncork the the seminal um, wolf blast. Uh, Fifty two. Crack that aged, uh, beautiful, succulent Chateauneuf de Pape. Ooh, delicious! I can smell it from here. Okay, so let's get straight into it. We have a fair bit to cover. I'm going to kick it off by throwing to you, and as as we know and as our listeners know, this is a segment we called Hard Yes and Hard No, our look back at the fortnight and a bit, fortnight and change of the Collingwood Football Club. Alex, Hard Yes, what is it? Don't let my upbeat vocal tonality distract you. <laughs> We're in a bit of trouble. <laughs> my Hard Yes, I'm calling Bottom on Bottom. And perhaps it's an indication of how poorly we're doing that my highlight of recent times was seeing James Rowbottom tackle Steel Sidebottom. The best part of the game in the weekend versus Sydney was the double bottom tap- tackle. Uh, I was wondering if the commentator at the time was going to lean into the bottom on bottom. Um, didn't, did not do so at the time. Missed an opportunity. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's perhaps a sign of how we're going. That um, Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I did see something about it on socials. Look, I'm, uh, full disclosure, <laughs> Full disclosure. I didn't watch the game. I was just uh, getting this blank face from yeah. you as I just repeatedly said the word bottom, just mm. trying to get a rise out of mm. you and nothing, mm. nothing at all. And I thought, hmm, this is mysterious. Fans will know. I was at a six, a children's sixth birthday party and they, they actually bought out, it was called Reptile Encounters. Wow. So that, yeah, it's quite good. So they bought out a shingleback lizard. A frilled neck lizard, two types of pythons, and wow. the the piste resistance. The star of the show was a uh, saltwater, a baby saltwater crocodile called Crunch. Get so, out! No, so didn't watch the Collingwood Football Club, but geez, did I have a good time just perusing uh, Australian native wildlife in the in the surrounds of a, a children's birthday party with pinata and uh, 
and some delicious snacks. So, oh my god, it sounds so superior to what we witnessed at the SCG. We did mm. see the fat-headed snake one we Jordan Degoe start strongly. Mm. First quarter's worth a watch, <laughs> but um, tune out and get back to the reptiles. Mm. Is my tip. Well, just take us back. So I, I take so bottom on bottom, bottom on bottom tackle. Who came out on top? Um, well, our favourite bottom, steel, right. um, was was the bottom bottom, the steel bottom, mm. um, the top and who, bottom. And who was um, the other guy? Sorry, What's the his top name? bottom was James Rowbottom. Rowbottom, never heard of him. So it was almost, if you could imagine, mm. in the centre square, um, the top bottom, that's James Rowbottom, mm. almost mounted the bottom bottom, that steel <laughs> side bottom, and right. um, mm. there was a bit of a riding, a bottom on bottom kind of mm. riding taking place, and the, you know, we had one of those. Average commentators, you just don't know who they are type no, thing. But Mark Howard? Collingwood's getting Mark all Howard? the yeah. off-Broadway shit. Mm. At, least, at least with Howie, uh, it's a familiar voice. It's just some, like, professional commentator guy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> some I don't know what his name is. Fans will know who he is. I didn't know who he was. Missed an opportunity. I mean, I was, I did have a little tear in my eye thinking that um, old Bruce or Dennis mm. would have leapt at the opportunity to, to uh, ride the, the bottoms. But that was my hard yes. Uh, what did you have, Damo? No, hard yes. I'm going to get you to keep going. I want to hear your hard no. Okay. Well, later in the show, just, I think only because I didn't watch the game. So just to, <laughs> just to cover that one up, I'm going to have to think of something. I've got, I've got about 28 seconds. Go. Uh, there's always a hard no in the back pocket, so don't mm, worry about that. Mm, mm. Now, later in the show, I think we're going to make mention of um, some other marketing departments in the world of elite sports, uh, including the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, mm. We like to see what they're doing over there um we won't get into that right now we'll touch on that later but in the world of elite sports you've got what the big organizations like the las vegas raiders are doing then you've got what we're doing introducing the magpie button have you seen or heard of the magpie button Damien? Uh, i i saw uh, no i i saw i don't know i don't know what it is i i, I to be honest that that doesn't stop my thumb. I just keep scrolling when any when something like that pops up. But please enlighten me, enlighten the pie hard audience. Because let, let's be honest, anyone who listens to this podcast isn't going to know what the magpie button is. So, well, sell it. Obviously, people like yourself, Damien, were scrolling too heavily straight past <laughs> you know the post. Mm. So they've actually introduced. If you go to the magpie app, mm. which I have on my phone, Don't it have comes that. up as like the splash page or whatever you call it, landing yeah. page. So mm. you can't escape it. Mm. Um, the the magpie button, and mm. I've done a little bit of research. I still don't really know what the fuck it is. Is it called magpie what, button? Because that's not very that's not a very interesting name. It's called it, something else, is it? It's called the magpie button. They oh, could so have called call it. it mm. Could have called it the poker or. Well, um, I don't know what it is, but sell it and okay, then we'll come so up with some naming options. At the it's end. a magnetic smart button with, and this is from the copy. Mm. Magnetic smart smart button with speaker that sticks to your fridge. Mm. Press to hear over 100 great pies sound bites. Unlock exclusive experiences and rewards through the magpie mm. button. It's confusing. They have a uh, a button which you stick to your fridge, um, and I think when you walk past it, you're meant to press it and you'll hear a voice. Mm. Reminiscent of, if you recall, VB doing a promotion where you had the stubby holder and you put your beer in the stubby, Shane Warne's voice comes out and it's like... Um, Sweet as a nut, boys. Sweet as a nut. You know that one? Are you talking about the uh, stubby talking, holder, talking boonie doll? Oh well, that was in the same of the same ilk. But look, well, if this Alex, was let, a talking, let me, let me just enlighten you momentarily. Yes. 
shout out to our shout out to my fam at George Patterson Y and R. When I was a young whippersnapper, starting oh, off that. in the advertising agency game. Oh, I like this. We yeah. actually had the uh, Carlton United Brewery account at big the one. aforementioned GPYNR. Big account. And do you remember the big ad, the Carlton Draft big ad? Oh, yeah. That was us. Talking Boonie, that was us. Talking, that was you. Talking Beefy, that was the follow-up. Holy shit. And then Talking Warney was the third doll. Now, this technology back then, this was like 2008, 2007, something like yeah. that, ahead of its time. So it's great to hear... They didn't have dolls before 2008, did they? they? Not talking dolls that that responded to the (laughs) cricket, but I will hasten to add the fact that we're regurging, the Collingwood Football Club is regurgitating that idea uh, in 2021 in some form of buttonized fridge magnet warms the cockles. Look, if they had the imagination, Damien, Mm. to have a talking Nathan Mm. and synced in with the action of the game, mm. you know, when we miss a goal or get a few kicked on us, mm. um, you know, given how average you are at the moment, it might be the doll actually just kind of smashing the phone mm. on the mm. desk repeatedly, mm. screaming, um, punching his uh, assistant Brenton in the face. But if I had the imagination to go with that, I'd be into it. But, look, we're not talking imagination here. We're talking about a button. It mm. looks boring. I'm, I think it's got Collingwood personalities like Nathan recorded on there. Mm. I'm not sure they sh- they need to have some kind of sample online mm. so we can hear what's going on. It says $89 up front brackets Whoa. or 890 over 10 months. <laughs> so they know they know who they're targeting. Um whoever goes for the installment mm. option for the button. Mm. But um I, I just think it's very unusual in, in an era at a time especially this season when mm. we're really trying to you and I, you know, we've talked about this. We're trying to get away from the game as much as possible. Mm. Pie hard drags us back. Every week, we can't get away from Collingwood. That's a, that's the fate of a Collingwood supporter. The magpie button isn't making it any easier, and I expect it to um, absolutely tank. To be honest, that's my hard no. Collingwood, if you're listening, send us one of these aforementioned buttons. Um, let us know. Let us know if you can hook that up. Send it through. So again, just to clarify, it's a button that you stick on your fridge, and every time you tap it, mm. it's a pre pre recorded message from the coach and a player. Like what? Oh, it's yeah. It, it, I think I believe it will have some kind of message. Ned guy. Pies. It says hundred pi- great pies soundbite. It could be Ned guy. Could I be mean, a Ned, got- could be a Ned guy uh, Chucky doll. It could be a Ned guy Chucky back from the dead. Oh, mm. Do you get me thinking? You know, people were suspicious about the Google sound <laughs> yeah, yeah, thing, like yeah, that it was listening yeah, to you, Alexa, Alexa, uh, and Helen. Yeah, yeah. Hey, and how you know the kind of like mm. data privacy Ooh. and all that kind of you know problems around that. It yeah. got me thinking that maybe Graham Wright's listening in. Anyone who's got the button, <laughs> Graham in his cave, and Derek, Graham and Derek Hine, uh, two men of um, you know f- formidable intellect, they're listening into everything we say. Well, the club has been accused of not listening to members, so I think this would be a uh, a step in the right direction if they were yes. actually uh, mining our data. Um, I like it. Hard no button. Look, if you've got a button, if a button's arrived in the post. Let us know at Pie Hard Podcast. Uh, I'll reserve judgment on the button actually until I uh, until I see it. But eighty nine ninety five for a button sounds a lot. You know when you get it's a shirt, there's always with... like a spare button down near the down near the hemline. A what? When you buy a shirt, there's always like a spare uh, button, and you kind of yeah, like pull them up and too. you put put them in an old mason jar, and they kind of collect. Are you meant to take them off? Is, is that, that... What you, is that the button you're talking? <laughs> Or is it like a is it like a sale of the century button? Because I'm a little bit lost. Uh, but it's a it sounds look look they're trying 
aren't they? They're re- they're trying. The club, the the club is just in the face of a torrent of vitriol. Perhaps it's a nuclear player button. player abuse. They're really they're, they're trying, aren't they? It's the big red button. It's the apocalypse. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. End times. Okay. Wow. Wow. What a start. Okay. I've got a. I've got a. Uh, look. I'll be honest. I don't have a hard yes, and I also don't have a hard no. Mm. But I do have a hard maybe. Good. Okay. Introducing hard maybe. Fox football. Fox footy. Fox football. Fox football have declared. Nathan Buckley, a certain starter to receive a contract ex- extension despite the horror season. Well, actually, this is coming from a guy called Sam McClure, but it was reported on Fox Footy. Mm-hmm. So in the mire that is Collingwood 2021, after winning just two games in the opening nine rounds with Ned Guy on the scrap heap, with, oh, we're going to touch on this, but with, a hit. The hit has been called on quarter. The the uh, the mafio CEO style hit. Mm. Um, reports emerging that Nathan Buckley is on the verge of signing a contract extension. Now, before we rush to judgment, we um we did a poll on Pie Hard. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, and it was back or sack with a picture of Nathan Buckley. Surprisingly, well, you can tell me if, if, if this is surprising, but 77% of our piehard audience, mm-hmm. um, it's only 25,000, so it's not a big straw poll, but 25,000 um, of our listeners uh, backed Nathan Buckley at 77% with only 23% suggesting that Nathan walks. So we're not jumping on the bandwagon here. I think the tide of sentiment towards Nathan Buckley has shifted somewhat in the last, say, fortnight. Um. So I wanted to get your opinion because I don't think we've really covered this in a lot of detail, but how do you feel about Nathan Buckley being on the verge of um, of an extension that would take him into his 11th year as, as head coach of the Collingwood Football Club? I can't help thinking, Damien, that there's some backroom machinations and subterfuge involved in this mm. Ooh, yeah, I know quasi-announcement. Mm. Now... This right. was news to me mm. when you said it. You're saying that Sam McClure is the newsbreaker. Is that right? Uh, let me just check. Yes. Channel 9, Sam, Sam McClure, his name is. I mean, there's two parts to the question in my mind. One is, or two answers. Mm. One is the timing seems very interesting. Mm, doesn't it? One of the biggest roles a board has, if not the biggest, is to appoint and fire the coach. Mm. Now, you can't tell me it's not a flexing of muscles to ram through mm. the extension of a, a coach's contract, a coach who's under fire, really, at the exact moment when there's a possible challenge to the board. So that's the first point. Mm. What, what do I think about Nathan possibly being extended? Is that the question? Yeah, thoughts. Thoughts on Nathan Buckley on the verge of a contract extension. Where do you sit? We know where the pie hard audience, the legion, the 387,000 Listeners of Pi Hard, we know where we know firmly where they sit based on that um, Instagram poll. But I want to know, Alex Watkins, where do you sit on the Buckley situation? Well, I was surprised to see that such vociferous support for Buckley from the Pi Hard legions, um, because I've got a lot of doubts. Mm. I think that the sample um, size of his ten or so seasons mm. in charge is ample to suggest that 
uh, we haven't certainly haven't overachieved. Mm. He's had two two good teams in that period. He inherited one, and then he built one, which uh, you know had a, a very a miserly flag window of mm. about about six months. Mm. I don't know why our windows are so much smaller than the other windows mm. around. We, you know, some people get these huge triple glazed windows. We get these little, those kind of rectangular, uh, shitty ones that mm. so you mm. don't overlook the neighbours having sex mm. portholes. Um, extraordinary opportunity we have at the moment to restart and refresh. Mm. You don't change presidency that often, especially with someone like Eddie. There could be a spill of the board, and I think that if there is a spill of the board, Mm. the new administration should be given the mandate to choose whether the coach continues. So it's my way of saying um, I think that if this Jeff Brown thing is for real, and it seems a bit of hot air. There's a lot of talk. Like, what's he doing? What are they doing? Like, what are they waiting for? You mm, know, mm. if this is actually going to happen, I think that they should be given the reins and they should be given the ability to choose uh, whether Nathan continues. Because I've got grave doubts, and I think that if there's a proven contender who's able to replace him, and that's a big if. Mm. It's a big if. If there's a proven contender who's able to replace Nathan, mm. I think we should look very closely at that option. For on-field reasons, I have not been inspired by mm. game plan. I have not been inspired by Nathan and his coaching uh, fraternity's ability to adapt to the modern game as it changes year on year. Mm. And for cultural reasons, we've been suffering through the mire of the racism report, mm-hmm. which is far from done. We have an opportunity to start with a blank slate to be positive looking to the future. And I think that a new board, mm. a new president and a new coach uh, plus a huge influx of new players because some blokes are going to get the axe mm. pretty soon, let's be honest. All those things combined will give us that kind of impetus into a new era. That's what I'm hoping. Interesting. Well, look, well, I, I'm, I feel like I've been a little bit too quick to judge on Nathan Buckley. And look, when you're, you're turning. When you really you're break, when you, when you break it down, mm-hmm. um, we've got some problems, but they're, they're, not, they're not insurmountable. So... I've just mm. written. I've just written a few down. So one, our our game plan sucks. <laughs> we have no brand. Uh, we play insipid football. Uh, we can't kick goals, and seemingly Nathan <laughs> Nathan can't coach without decent assistance around around them. Now, in a working, can you imagine? You know, you rock up to your job at Subway, and you're a senior manager. And shit's going pear, the uh, bread's, um, you know, burning. There's a line. There's a line out the door, you know. And then the owner runs in, and it's like, "What's going on?" And you're like, "Well, look. To be fair, it's just I don't have, I don't have the the underlings around me mm. to do it. I mean, I just don't think that that would fly. Mm. But it's 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 quite it's quite bizarre." That the narrative around Nathan Buckley is like, if we get some good assistance around him, then boom, catapult back up the level, the ladder, like twenty eighteen. Mm, but the long muir effect. But, but isn't that crazy? Like, did you ever hear that with Malthouse? Did you ever hear with Malthouse? It's like, oh, fuck, you know. No, you're right. That's we, right. we know. We Malthouse know. He, we know. Like, he, we know he can to, coach. Malthouse's it, job was to actually inst- instruct and like. Learn the assistants like they all. It was like a school under Malthouse. He's yes. the head teacher. Yes, and you're not the, the other way around. It's flipped. We're living <laughs> in some bizarro football world where the key to a club's success lies not with the head coach, 
but with the lowly uh, lowly ranking assistance. It reminds me of an Air Crash Investigators, um, which was uh, featured Korean Air. Now, at one point in the seventies, um, or maybe it was the eighties, but Korean Air had one of the worst safety records in um, in the in the aviation industry. Roll with me on this one. And it was because under the under the uh, the culture of uh, you know Korean sort of hierarchy, the assistants or the co-pilots um, would not speak up and mm. overrule uh, the captain. So if the plane was going down, if it was upside down, if it was about to hit a mountain, <sighs> based on the cultural nuances of that society, the co-pilots would not would not yeah. dare mention. I feel like that's very Malthousian. Mm. But we're now in the scenario. We've we've now flipped it. So the Korean pilot is now the co-pilot, and the co-pilot is now the pilot of Korean Air, yeah. and the plane's going down. And the and- co-pilots are Korean, and the head pilot can't speak Korean. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> okay. So if you like that Korean um, airlines but, analogy, uh, hit us up the- at Pie Hard Podcast. Uh, plane has no engines. Uh, okay, so where we? Oh, yeah, but hang on. Before we go forward, I just you you said something at the start of this segment, which I just want to pull you up on. Mm. And I've written down two words here, based on what you said. You mentioned you mentioned the board, mm. and I've written down here preemptive strike. So let me unpack this for our listeners. This is the way I see it. Okay, Jeff Brown behind the scenes, amassing, you know, an armory ready to storm the fort. An army, an army of Tom Browns. An army of Tom Browns. Storm the fort. Eddie Maguire is there, you know, Napoleon in the corner, whispering sweet nothings into his ear. Now, the sole reason is the club is in peril. And, of course, Jeff Brown needs to be in this position to therefore make a call on the senior coach. Corder. Mm-hmm. Now, let's not forget Mark Corder. He's been in there. He's... he's He's been in his fair uh, share of boardroom stouches. Quite a strategic mind. Yeah, no, knows, knows financials inside and out. Mm-hmm. He's seen the writing on the wall. He's seen the cavalry amassing in the distance, like the uh, finale of um, Game of Thrones against the White Walkers. Mm-hmm. And so this is his power. Who are the White Walkers? That's an army of John Nobles. Nobles. <laughs> and he's seen the writing. <laughs> he's seen the writing on the wall. And this is his move. This is his moment. Sign Buckley, the steam goes out of the Brown campaign. There's now nothing to fight for. Mm. And Brown retreats and chooses his opportune moment at the end of the year and or early next year when there's an annual general meeting to make his play. And in doing so, Corder has extended his reign by at least six months to try and turn the tide of public opinion. But you know what is weird about this scenario is that you would think that Brown being allied with Maguire, mm. you know, for a start, is that a problem? But you'd think that Maguire being such a staunch Buckley advocate for so many years mm. that perhaps Brown would be, you know, if, if Eddie Maguire's in Brown's ear about what to do, then they'll, they'll extend Buckley, you'd think. But now Corder's extending Buckley almost as a double bluff. I'm going to do what you're going to do before you do it.
Right, okay, so if you're not familiar with that, that is the main title, The Godfather Waltz, from the 1972 smash hit film, The Godfather. Now, the reason we play that is I'm sure everyone who's listening to us right now read Caroline Wilson's article over the weekend in The Age titled, Why the Time is Right for a Coup at Collingwood. Mm, Okay. Now... I won't read the article, but it starts off, Jeff Brown's now certain intention to stage a coup at Collingwood looks set as early as next month to radically reshape the Magpies board and ultimately perform further surgery across the club. But the game-changing decision by the AFL's influential former legal advisor will also have major ramifications for the competition. So look, three or four days ago, we were talking about some kind of mobster-like hit on Mm -hmm. Corder. And let's not forget that uh, Mark Corder, Peter Murphy, Paul LeCuria, Magpie, uh, sorry, Pie Hard fan, Paul LeCuria. I had a dream about Paul last night, by the way. We'll get into that later. Yeah. Um, oh, geez. Shirtless? I borrowed his, he lent me his truck. Really? Um, yeah. Pie Hard was mm. um, Moving in house. the dream. Pie Hard was an influential kind of mm. coterie group. Mm, mm. And we were kind of tight with the board, Paul being on the board, and he, mm. he had a massive truck. He let me in the truck, but that's, that's by always, the by. Fantastic. Always need a truck. So interesting remarks from Carolyn Wilson because we know that, uh, as we said, Lecuria, Corder, and who was the other one? And Peter uh, Murphy. Murphy. Were quite mm. instrumental in the final demise of one former president, Eddie Maguire. And so we know that Eddie Maguire has been amassing the troops in the background alongside um, Peter Murphy. So I just wanted to talk uh, coops for a second. Is it coups mm-hmm. or coops? Coups. Coups. I think it's a French word, is it? Coup. A coup. Yeah. All right. So silent, a coup- silent P. It's a bit like the small P of uh, mm, that's right. modern John Wren, Mark Corder. It's a silent P, the coup. Would have been great if it was coup, just with the, the magpie coup. Um, Connection. We can run with Coop. Let's run with Coop. Let's run with Coop. All right. So a Coop happens when there is a sudden overthrow of the government, usually by the country's military. Mm. The motive of the act is to replace a government with another body from the military itself or a civilian chosen by authority. No, ma- no matter who ends up in control of the country, there is no denying the loss of life and property, mm-hmm. not to forget the high chance of civil war that follows immediately after. Mm-hmm. So Caroline Wilson has said that now is the time for a coup at Collingwood. Um, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on that one, Alex Watkins. Are we ready for Is it time for a coup? There's been a strange feeling roiling up inside of me in recent weeks. It's that we're on a freight train to the centre of hell. Mm. Things aren't getting better before they get worse. Things are going to get worse. Mm. And I feel like I, for one, as a Collingwood member, I'm almost, I have a bloodlust. Yeah, I'll put it out there. I have a mm. bloodlust. And in some ways, I want to see bloodshed. I want to see human sacrifice. I want to see um, some public humiliation and agony. Um, I know I've seen a bit of that with Eddie already. You'd think I would have had my fill. But there's something about the coup that excites me. Mm. And it's a visceral excitement. This is not a rational feeling. This is something that I'm instinctively kind of grappling with mm. because I don't like to see people lose their jobs. And Paul LeCurie, a friend of the pod, mm. um, 
we've, we're tight with Paul. We certainly don't want to see Paul lose his position on the board. But I do feel like if there's a time for bloodletting, it, it may well be now. Do you think it's time for a coup, Damien? Well, I think we're going a little bit too hard on the coup because there was some breaking news today that straight at, came straight out of the uh, Collingwood Football Club. And uh, I don't want to shock you, but um, billionaire vice president Alex Weislitz has quit the board effective immediately. Now, this isn't a shock because we knew Is that, that right? We knew that after 18-odd years, Alex Weislitz was going to step aside. But I'm, oh, I'm so he, of, had he flagged it, had he? He had flagged it, yeah. He, he, he had flagged that this was going to be his last year. He was elected to the board in 98. He was one of the first hand-picked by Maguire when, when, the, when the Maguire ticket ran through. But what's really interesting, because you mentioned Paul Lecuria, is uh, Paul Lecuria and Jody Sizer have been elevated within the Collingwood board to vice president roles. So Paul's got a pay rise and couldn't be happier as um, as longtime supporters of Paul Acuria. So Sizer, do they get paid? Hmm? The president doesn't get paid. Well, no, no. no. They, don't get, they don't get paid. So pay rise isn't the right. He's got a um, respect promotion, rise. Promotion. Yeah. Promotion, yeah. I think there's a lot going on right now. And I think what we're seeing is, and it's largely being played out in the media, is there's a bit of um, there's a bit of cock jostling on both sides. Mm. Some uh, developing news from the Collingwood Football Club coming to hand tonight, Alex. Now I'll start by asking you a question: Have you read the uh, cycling memoir Life and Death? No. Okay, Life and Death is a cycling memoir by a woman called Bridie O'Donnell. Mm, okay. Now Bridie O'Donnell is a is she's been characterized as the uh, definition of a unique Australian sporting hero. Think medical doctor who spent her 20s, I think it was pursuing sports. I think it was Ironman, maybe triathlons, rowing, you know, that really intense sport. Powerful, yeah. The one where you can't really smoke and drink. Uh, So it wasn't until she reached her mid-30s that O'Donnell had found her true calling in the ranks of professional cycling. Now, I should just set this up by saying she grew up in Queensland. Now there's a point to this and I'll get to it. She grew up in Queensland, quite living quite the hippie life in a house with no electricity and no television, had no idea that one day she'd be a world champion cyclist, but also had no idea that one day she would be elevated to one of the top jobs in the country. And that is the Collingwood Football Club Board of Directors. Congratulations to Bridie ah, O'Donnell okay. on your recent appointment. Uh, I think believe this is filling in uh, Alex's Alex Weislitz, the billion dollar pie, the billion dollar party pie. Alex yeah. Weislitz's re- recent position on the club. But I'm just looking. This is news that's just come to hand. So I've just pulled up the Collingwood statement. Now, she holds a degree in medicine and public administration and was a national champion across three sports, as we said, cycling, rowing, and triathlon. Now, this is really interesting, but there's a, uh, it's just a, just buried in the lead of this Collingwood press release. This is on their site. I think it was released an hour ago. It's just out of the blue. It says six of Collingwood's seven directors have been on the board for five years or less. Ah. Uh-huh. Isn't that, a, isn't that an odd making, thing to say? Making a point of that, yeah. Making a big point of that. And maybe that's straight from the pen of Corder. Look, she's, she's obviously got an impressive resume in that, that kind of, those endurance sports. But the question is, given the calibre of the man she's replacing, mm. can she throw a party? 
<laughs> can she get there? Does she know reptile encounters? Because Alex Weiss was a man to pull out a python every now and then. Now, don't take that the wrong way. We're, we're, we're talking. We're, come on, come on. We're talking about. We're talking about the famous Alex, Alex Weisslet's party where Mick Malthouse was captured um, holding a python. Pie hard scoop. Weisslet sacked <laughs> from board scoop. for pulling python out. So apparently O'Donnell's appointment um, was made official today uh, mm-hmm. at a Collingwood board meeting. Today is Tuesday what is today? for those it's listening. Tuesday night. We're recording this Tuesday night. So um, apparently there was only not there was over an initial list of ninety potential candidates, of which seven were shortlisted for this um, spot. And Mark Corder has come out and said that there's it's a very deliberate approach to I guess age down the Collingwood board and also look at a little bit more diversity. So adding um, adding some females to the board. <laughs> Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just going to interrupt here. I'm actually editing the podcast. Uh, it hasn't been released yet. We recorded a couple of days ago. It's a bit of a clusterfuck. Don't ask me why. But pie hard content is usually evergreen. This topic, however, it moves at breakneck pace. Let me keep you up to date. Brady O'Donnell has been appointed to the vacant position on the board, as we just discussed. She's, rela- she's replacing Alex Weisslitz. However, it's since been uncovered in an awkward radio interview, I think on 3AW, that Bridie O'Donnell has only actually been a member of the Collingwood Football Club since 2020. What's the problem, you say? Well, the problem is there's a clause in the Collingwood Constitution. It says, no member shall be qualified for election as a member of the board unless he or she shall have been a member of the club for at least 24 months immediately prior to nomination. So Bridie O'Donnell has copped a little bit of criticism since this radio interview, but not, I guess, being a genuine hardcore supporter. I don't know what you think out there in piehard land, but for me... It does kind of raise some questions like, do you need to be a rusted on passionate supporter who's been through the ringer over many years, understands the fabric of the club in order to serve on the board? Probably not. You can probably with your corporate experience, in this case, you've got your experience, you know, as a cyclist in the the world of medicine, you can probably make an impact on the board. But this is something that doesn't feel right about it, like people being parachuted in, you know, because of these, these kind of corporate positions they've held um, and perhaps, you know, there's a bit of social or corporate climbing, a bit of stink around it. Anyway, people are up in arms. I don't know how you feel, but the quarter administration is kind of under fire over this issue. In fact, I watched on Footy Classified. No, it's not Footy Classified. What's it called? AFL 360 with uh, Robbo. Robbo says, this is just calamity upon calamity. Yeah, Robbo, okay. Well, what you also said during that segment was you called her Brady O'Reilly instead of Brady O'Donnell. So that really kind of like, that really sets the standard of like your your method of research and your cultural kind of nous when it comes to these corporate issues. But that aside, I do agree that it's a calamity for the quarter administration. Essentially, I think, I mean, a part of me feels sorry for him because he's used to dissecting and taking apart companies, but then you've got this situation where everyone's dissecting and taking apart his leadership. But whether you like it or not, like Sith Lord Dark Quarter, Jeff Brown's coming. Okay, and I think Jeff Brown's coming on his fucking dragon, right? This is like Game of Thrones shit. People are circling, grabbing at power at Collingwood Football Club. In my opinion, I'm not sure what Dave Dumbo thinks. He's not here with me right now, so I get to let loose without any fear of recrimination, except from you. My opinion is that let Jeff Brown come in on his fucking dragons. Let's burn this shit heap. Let's rebuild from the ashes. And that seems to be what uh, another bloke thinks. 
should happen. David Hatley has come out since then, 40-year 40 40 year member, not 40 years old, for, a member of 40 years. David Hatley is planning to force change on the club. As reported in The Age on Wednesday, 5% of signatures from the club's voting members will force an extraordinary general meeting. So there's this bloke, David Hatley. He's been a Collingwood supporter for 40 years. Um, he says that currently the club's an abject failure in terms of on-field success and in terms of keeping the members happy. Um, and he's he's taking the lead. He's going to try and spill the board himself. I think his plan is to get down to um, the MCG before the game and try and get his 5% of signatures um, to force spill the board. So this is fucking, like, intense, man. Like, you've got rank-and-file, like, supporters who are, who, are, who are bubbling up and saying, look, enough is enough. And on top of the Brady O'Donnell situation, I think the pressure on Corda is reaching an all-time high. So let's see how this plays out in the coming weeks, but I just had to get in here and give you guys an update. I'm sure you're on top of it yourselves. But if you happen to be sitting on the fence, I'm just going to leave you with the words of an esteemed Pie Hard listener, someone who we have a lot of respect for. It's Magpie Mark. You would have seen him in the stands waving his big flag. Magpie Mark says, screw quarter. Took him 10 years to liquidate Anset. And I ask you, do we have 10 years to wait before we sort out this mess? Does she know how to construct a game plan that works? Can she fix our medical department? Can she install a cycling track around the Bob Rose Lexus Oval? Does she understand spreadsheets? (laughs) Now, Alex, I can see you've uh, got some kind of bottle in your hand. That could only mean one thing. I think it's time for this week's Blasphemy. That's the finest brand theme song in oh, Australian I could just, I could just corporate history. I can just picture the uh, Wedgetail Eagle coming into land on a on a velvety red cup of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. I just realised Wolf Blass. Mm. His name must be Wolfgang. Yeah, Wolfgang Blass. Wolfgang Blass also got a ring yep. to it. Yeah, so mm. we've got the um, or Wolfie uh, to his friends. Blasso. Blast dog. Blast dog. So we've got the 2017 uh, cab- yellow label cabinet. We always stick mm. with the yellow label. If you go mm. grey label or something, you end up spending mm. a bit too much. So we've got this. Mm. Let's have a sip of this one. So we go. Mm. Mm. All right, it's fruity. I'll tell you that much. Whoa, they whoa, know how to put fruit much. in there. That's a lot. Oh, that's too, <laughs> much. that's too much. She's gonna know how to put a bit of fruit in there. So need a spittoon. Let me um let me start off with my spittoon for the mm. week. Let's get straight into this. This management is about timing. Ned Guy didn't have it. In fact, his timing appeared to be really good at first. He uh, came 2018. Uh, what, would he come in? He came, his first season was 2018. 2017, wasn't it? Was it? Maybe. Onto a good thing. Unfortunately, mm. timing ended up being not so great because it was a ticking time bomb. Mm. And it was called the salary cap. Was called. He was on. He was on the uh, the speed bus that if it dropped under sixty, yes. would detonate. That's exactly right. He, Keanu Reeves. And 
comparing Ned with Keanu, I think, is probably the kindest thing the media's done. Um, we do believe on this podcast that Ned has been a scapegoat. But this week's blasphemy isn't really about Ned. It's about list management. For too long at Collingwood, we've been reactive in all manner of ways, including game plan, mm. whatever that is, mm. instead of being proactive. Mm. Now, we call it blasphemy because we make some hard calls. Some would say sacrilegious. Mm. Put your fingers mm. in your ears, Pie Hard fans, if you're, if you're one of those supporters who like can only say and think positive things about the club and when we lose on the weekend, like you stagger back to Jellymont Station like, with tears in your eyes because your whole reason for living has evaporated before your very eyes. Or if, if you work for Wolf Blast. <laughs> or if you work for Wolf Blast. Or indeed, for Wolf Blast's uh, legal team. Mm. Are they owned by Treasury Estate? States? Yes, they are, yes. All right, well, I know uh, the lawyer in charge there, so uh, we should be in the clear. <laughs> now that we're in a rebuild, Damien, let me pose this as a question. Would you want, considering that we are now understand in recent months are in a rebuild, would you want another three first-round draft picks to be in the side now? Young players. Geez, that sounds pretty appealing given where the uh, club is at. I'm going to say affirmative. It does. It sounds pretty good. Anyone in their right mind, not given we're in a rebuild and we have a, a path in front of us which might take some time, would like to fast-track that development by having, You know who say, would really like that? The social, the Collingwood social media team, because that's three additional mum calls that they could um, <laughs> that's stitch together for for engagement on the socials. Mate, there could be a whole season of mum calls if this mm. blasphemy gets got its way. It's a roundabout way of saying we've missed opportunities to bring a group of players together. We're beginning to do it now with this recent draft crop, but a group of elite young talent together at the right time to build together towards success. And I'm going to say something bold. I'm going to say we missed an opportunity to, to trade Grundy uh, mm. when his value was at its peak and you had like clubs like Adelaide just frothing, literally just mm. frothing at the mouth. We missed an opportunity to trade Dugowie when his value was at mm. its peak when we had clubs like North Melbourne frothing at the, at the mouth. And this is blasphemy, people, but I'm going to say it like, Grundy and Dugowie perhaps haven't lived up to expectations since, since that 2018 year. Now, the Aztecs used a, a sacred calendar, Damien, known as the Tonal Pahuali, or the Counting of the Days. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. Go on. Well, the Aztec calendar, the Tonal Pahuali, uh, I'm going to rename for today's pod. I'm going to call it the Dacos calendar. My blasphemy and I put it to you. You're not going to say trade Dacos. My God, that would be... <laughs> this, 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 would, this would... We'd be cancelled. <laughs> we've come close. We've come close before. That would be very, beyond blasphemy. Very close. That would be... That would be... You'd that be hung, before. drawn, and quartered out yeah. the front of Mag, Maggie right. Land. Um, you know. I thought I wasn't sure where you were going there, but carry on. No, I'm going to call uh, it the Dacos calendar. Now... This is painful, Bagpie fans, but it may well be five to seven years until we mm. can legitimately contend again. I'm not talking about making finals. I'm talking about top four, pointy end, prelims, big games, packed MCG, legitimate premiership contention. I'm going to say uh, it could be five to seven years. Now, in five to seven years, the chosen one, nonchalant Nick, 
our saviour, our Lord and saviour, nonchalant Nick Dacos, is going to be about 25 years of age. And guess what? Peak. That's prime. That's peak. It's peak. It's it's the beginning of peak, 25 <laughs> to 30. We've seen Dustin mm-hmm. Martin, um, uh, and again, list management is about timing. Dustin Martin reach a, a certain peak of performance at the same time as the club's entering this premiership window and you see the best of a player and the best of a club mm. at the same time contending. Mm. And it's going to happen with Nick. So here's my blasphemy. I know it's taken me a while to get to it. Given the Dacos calendar sets us up for contention in five to seven years, mm. there's a lot of players on the list that are going to be over the hill and not part of the club in five to seven years. Mm. I won't go through them. You know who they are. Mm. Chris we Mayer. missed an opportunity with players like Dugowie and Grundy to perhaps get our pound of flesh and really kind of like trade at the peak of their value. But mm. who, Damien, is the question, finally, who on our list is at the peak of their value and could potentially secure us draft picks that would mature in alignment with nonchalant Nick According to the Dacostian calendar in five to seven years, who has the biggest trade value right now in Collingwood? I would say Taylor Adams. All right, well, that's not where I thought you'd go with it. (laughs) I'm going to put it out there for blasphemy this week. (laughs) Let's trade the gazelle Darcy Moore. Blasphemy, blasphemy, blasphemy. Blasphemous. How old's Darcy Moore? 25. So he's 32 when... The Dacosian calendar mm. ticks over to premiership contention. Wow, geez, that's huge. Uh, yeah, I'm down. Don't you think he's the kind of guy, and this is massive blasphemy, guys, because we love Darcy. He's the best looking bloke. We love the gazelle. If anyone if anyone has listened to Pie Hard, we, gazelle gets us up in the morning, puts us to bed at night, oh. tucks us in, gives us a kiss, leaves the chocolate on the pillow. He is the best, most talented player, best looking player, best, one of the most articulate players. We love him. We really do. But... He's going to fetch a fair price. And don't you think he's, weirdly, he's the kind of player mm. you do think that would end up at the Swans anyway? Yeah, he definitely seems like one of those guys that, you know, the anonymity of mm. a Sydney or a Fremantle. Could see him surfing. You know, you could see him on the beach over there in the west with his old mate, uh, Longmuir. That's true. Uh, definitely coastal. Definitely bi-coastal. Uh, look, whoa, jeez. <sighs> I think you've upset a few tonight, Alex, uh, with with that blasphemy. But of course, that's what blasphemy is all about. It's about uncorking the uh, the deep, dark recesses of the Collingwood sphere, gritty tenants, and bringing you guys some very unpopular thoughts and opinions. Look, I can't argue with the Dacosian calendar. We are absolutely five to seven years away from any you know long term success at this football club. Like you said, we're we're yet to hit the bottom of the uh, Wolf Blast. Uh, fine French oak barrel, but what I what I will say is, let's before before I agree to this blasphemous comment of trading Darcy Moore, mm-hmm. what would be what would we what what would we be prepared to get back? We're, are we talking two first rounders? Yeah, and but one really high, one really high. Let me take your blasphemy, jiggle <laughs> jiggle it around a bit. For those that can't see, he's um, shaking almost like a, a like a cocktail shaker, shaker, cocktail shaker. Parkinson's kind of and throwing it right back at you right now. Mm-hmm. Darcy okay. Moore, 
to Sydney. Oh, yeah. Okay. Straight swap, Logan McDonald. Oh, <laughs> Logan Watch. The segment makes its inaugural, its debut, unexpectedly. Logan, Logan Watch. So Logan's, what, 18? Well, for those that don't know, Logan Watch, I believe, am I right, mm. Damo? He mm. nominated uh, informally Collingwood as his club of preferred club when he was, like, underage. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, he did. And so he's he's ripe for the plucking. He is a Collingwood fan growing up. And again, geez, I'm so tired of this. We do not want to hide. We, we, we ordinarily on Pie Hard want to run away from the Collingwood supporters who grew up barracking for the club because they're bad news. Mm. We want the Carltons. We want the Tigers. We want the Port Adelaides. We want the scum. So we're going to break our own rule with this blasphemy, but straight swap, Darcy Moore to Sydney, Logan McDonald to the Pies next year. Did I tell you my favourite all-time Instagram post of like no. the last twelve uh, months? Is that is that the one where Logan McDonald looks like it's a fifty-three-year-old man? With, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's there's a lined, photo up, of lined him. up against the the, the pimply teens. <laughs> there's a photo of Logan McDonald where they he's in the in the Swans, you know, strapping red and yeah. white strip with the other draftees, yeah. and you know, it's like the day after draft night or something, and he just looks like he's. he's He's about 40 years old and the kids <laughs> next to him are all 18, obviously. And someone commented in the Instagram post <laughs> and said, it looks like Logan, and I'm paraphrasing, it looks like Logan has spent every one of his 18 years standing on a rock in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was great. Um, yeah. Classic. But we love that mature look about him. Mm, look, I, I'm going to say Logan's unproven. Darcy Moore is a generational talent at centre-half back, so I'm going to mm. say Logan and a pick, or Logan and throw in steak knives, say Isaac Heaney. Okay, yeah, I like I like where you're going. Look, I, w- with regards to list management, let's, let's just call a spade a spade. We know right now mm. that Collingwood's list manager, the, artist, is- the artist formerly known as Ned Guy, I think it's now it's Graham Wright, yeah. yeah, yeah. We've got a lot of Oakley charges, right? We've got Nick Dacos, we've got Josh, we've got Darcy Moore, we've got mm-hmm. Jordan Degoey. There's, there's, I think Trent Bianco. I don't know. Lazy Mo. Um, now you know, you know who else has a bunch of Oakley charges, and that's the Gold Coast Suns. Okay. Now the Gold Coast Suns are just ripe for an absolute pillaging. It happens mm. every. It's, it's like the crescent moon. It happens every three or four years. Mm. They just they develop these fantastic youngsters, mm. <laughs> and then they just lose them. So, look, the harvest we're, we're, the harvest of Gold Coast continues. We're, we're talking about the day cost calendar. Let's talk about the Gold Coast calendar because I think we're about one or two years away from a um, a Port Royal style um, smash and grab. We're talking King. We're oh, talking Growl. Yeah, we're Rowl. talking Lacocious. I know he's. Oh well, you know, yeah. We're talking about Rankin. Yeah, Jared Witts. Jared, there's an, yeah, get Jared back. There's another bloke. I forget his name. There's another young kid that's uh, lighting it up up there. But, geez, wouldn't that? Noah Anderson. Noah Anderson. Wouldn't wouldn't five young sons just complement mm. our aging list? Per- well, what about perfectly? a merge? I mean, why stop at five? We could do a full merge. We I mean, what have we got? Merge. 40 sons, um, Collingwood sons. Collingwood sons or uh, um, Gold Coast Magpies? Mm, this is really blasphemous. Mm, this is blasphemous. <laughs> we're getting dark. We're getting dark here, but I like the way I like the way it's going. Look, it should make us uneasy. 
Mm. It should feel like you need a cold shower after this one and a couple of words from a priest. But We ask the questions no one's willing to ask. No. No, for fear or favour. You put this one on Twitter, you would be, oh, my God, you'd be Barry Cassidy. You would be hunted and and uh, mm. drawn and quartered. So, look, we're not we're not that ballsy, but, you know, on and fire, for the record, anything goes. Um, for the record, Ned. Uh, it's not Ned. Graham. Mm. Uh, whoever takes that position long term. Derek. For the record, Magpies, don't trade to us. <laughs> okay, it's time for Pies White Show. The club was on the bottom. I know we were broke. Eddie had a vision and we're prepared to live to that vision. Great disappointment that uh, this afternoon the Collingwood Football Club uh, has resigned from its partnership with the Transport Accident Commission. Smoking shadows behind the window. Shadows behind the window. Joined again by Alex Weisslitz from Thorny Investments. We continue to um, populate the portfolio, what we hope will be the cream of the cake. Bigger and better just keeps getting better and better. Three year, multi million dollar sponsorship with the most storied and famous club in all of Australian professional sports. Toasts will be replaced with tears, though, when the last Holden rolls off the assembly line in Adelaide. I sat down with Ed last week and resigned as the, uh, the CEO of the Collingwood Football Club. 32 years of struggle, ridicule and humiliation as the Collingwood Football Club once again regained its title as the most famous and successful sporting club in Australia. Okay, password shut. So a major sponsor of four AFL clubs is set to walk away from the game because of the league's contentious new sponsorship rules. So Alex, in the okay. crosshairs um, of Pie Hard this evening, it's mm. head office. See, AFL. Now, this is the first issue that I'm going to take with the AFL tonight, and I hope you'll join me on this one. Mm-hmm. Australian-owned... Australian-owned United Petroleum, the official sport ball sponsor of Collingwood, says it has been blindsided by an AFL plan that will see global fast food burger giant McDonald's mm. take over the naming rights of all match day ball. So just to set the scene here, the ball, the ball sponsorship, the match day ball sponsorship has ordinarily sat sat with the clubs. Yeah. So if we can remember a couple, we had Hard Yakka, mm-hmm. United Petroleum, obviously. Can you think of any more Collingwood ball sponsors? Did we have Wizard? I was going to say, yeah, maybe Wizard. I was going to say SPC, but that might be someone else. Go on. Yeah, I'm not sure. Anyway, so in, in an alarming new development, which to be honest is blindsided uh, United Petroleum, uh, there's new rules with the AFL that has basically been put in place to protect their four key partners. So their four key partners of the AFL are Toyota, obviously, mm-hmm. McDonald's, Telstra, and Coca-Cola. Okay. Big so names. United, who allegedly tip in over a million dollars every single season in fuel discounts, so yeah, it just goes up and down depending on the price of crude oil, said it began hearing rumours and murmurs about ball sponsorships being taken away from the clubs earlier this year. And I mm-hmm. quote, this is from a um, spokesman of United. In late April 2021, 
After getting no clarity from club level, we were forced to ask for a meeting directly with the AFL. At this point, we were advised that the AFL was indeed taking over the ball sponsorship and that the clubs were aware. In fact, clubs were not aware and still to this day, no official memo has been provided to clubs from the AFL as far as United are aware. The AFL seemed to dismiss the fact that our sponsorship strategy had been built over years and years and years with very strong relationships with clubs, supporting them financially, as well as their members through activations and fuel discounts. Mm-hmm. They also seem to dismiss our strategy that our commitment to football went past AFL level, but through AFL all the way trickling down to regional grassroots grassroot football clubs. Asked about United's concern on Wednesday, an AFL spokesperson said, since its inception, the AFL ball sponsorship has been an AFL asset that annually clubs have had the ability to commercialize themselves if they chose fit. Mm-hmm. We informed the clubs last year that in 2022, the AFL would enter a new agreement with a single partner. This new partnership will deliver an overall improved benefit for both clubs and fans. So I don't know where to start with this one, but the first thing is what happens to the United mascot? Mm, the the Bowser. Pump, That's what I was Bowser. thinking. I mean, Bowser. the pr- the practical consideration here for fans is do we lose our friendly Bowser guy? Hmm. In the Bowser suit, hmm. um, that's a problem. Um, what is it going to be replaced by the Hamburglar? Now, we had an idea that we could pay Vizzy-style players with all of our list management problems and, and our bursting player salary packages that we could potentially we, – we asked the question, I think it was on the last pod, what does everyone need? And it hmm. went down to groceries and petrol. So – we um, developed the idea that we could potentially play, pay a Darcy Moore or a Dugowie or a uh, Nick Dacos in fuel mm-hmm. discounts. Because not going to work with McDonald's, is not it? Not going to work with McDonald's, is it? So we have reached out. We actually reached out to United yesterday. They haven't responded to us, but we are willing, because I think, I think this is devastating, we are willing to provide for one podcast free of charge We'll mm-hmm. waive, waive our normal fee uh, for United Petroleum to jump on board as a sponsor of Pie Hard. Mm-hmm. We will in turn uh, tell our listeners where they can find cheap uh, petrol in their in their town. We'll do a quick, you know, traffic watch or some kind of segment. We could do a podcast on the go from the comfort of our um, diesel guzzling. SUVs. Mm. We, could, we could do that. We could do that. But what would make for a very um, interesting podcast in a fortnight's time was if we could actually find a way mm. to get Bowser, the uh, United uh, Petroleum mascot, on the pod. Oh, yeah. Sitting opposite Ronald McDonald. And just settle this in a um, in a sophisticated debate style. Have the have the clown and the petrol pump sit down, broker a different. Uh, a um, pretty sure you'd end up with a kind of you know Rage Against the Machine, the cover of their um, eponymous first album, mm. um, the Burning Monk. You'd end up with a burning <laughs> Ronald McDonald scenario because I think the gasoline trumps, yeah, yeah. you know, little like miniature fries mm. and like red wig mm. any day. He just absolutely scorch that creepy old clown. Well I was I was talking about a debate, but yeah, if if it did if it did go down into um yeah, into a fight, I'm definitely standing behind the Bowser, that's for sure. 
Now, Alex, I want mm. you sitting. I want you sitting down for this segment. Okay, uh, so I can sit down. Oh, I've been standing. Here we go. Oh, there you go. No, I was sitting because there's there's really no easy way to deliver this news. Now, oh boy, to Collingwood fans, as if this year couldn't get any worse, uh, we received some, and I mean this truly devastating news over the weekend. Uh, we lost a great servant of the Collingwood Football Club. Weisslitz. Now, I don't, I don't already, know if we've already covered not, this. Not Alex Weisslitz. Now, if you Someone can't else? See, I am wearing a black armband, and I'll get Fuck. to the reason why. I'm on tenterhooks. This is a man who has dedicated hours and hours and hours of backbreaking manual labour to the club's cause. A man who single-handedly rescued us from the doldrums of COVID-19 laced 2020 and facing the uh, facing the quagmire of shit and diabolical hell that we're facing in 2021 and let's face it for the next seven years mm. was really our our hope our salvation our way out now I don't want to put you on the spot here Alex but there was a there was a social media platform that popped up seemingly out of nowhere last year mm-hmm. and we began seeing these clips emerge onto our feed. Now, the clips were, they were Collingwood clips. They were Collingwood yeah. club clips. How could I forget? I couldn't. It was Dale Thomas in full flight. Mm. Alan Didak. Week after week after week, we saw Peter Dacos ripping the AFL competition apart. I don't know where to start with this, but I am, of course, talking about Collingwood Clips. Mm. Shout out to Dave if you're listening. What? I don't know where this is going, but I don't like the sound of it at all. Out of the blue, late last week, I got a DM from Dave, friend of the pod, in a bit of a state of panic, asking me if I could see at Collingwood Clips on Instagram. I did the customary search, thinking oh, that I'd, I'd see Paul LeCuria, you know, or Leon Davis snapping a ball from 50 out. Uh-huh. Nothing. Now, some further Paul. investigation has led us to understand. Now, please, run with me on this one, and if I tear up, you're going to have to take over. But the AFL has reported... Collingwood Clips to Instagram and the channel has been removed. Now, you've got to be joking. Let me run a couple of numbers past you. 8,000 followers, 1,716 clips, 12 months work, no money, no remuneration, just positive. Promotion for the Collingwood Football Club. Like, we can't do video. We, we don't have the capacity to do video. It's not in our nature. We don't know what to do. But if we did know how to do it, it's, it's very time-consuming. Mm. It involves sitting down, watching full games, mm. and then clipping the vision and cropping for Instagram. There's no easy way to do that. No. And we're, talk- we're talking about 1,700 clips. That's 1,700 iconic Collingwood matches over 30, 40 years. It's, it's dedication, isn't it? It's monstrous. Now, shouting to Dave, 
we we want to we want to first we want to turn this into a bit of a tribute and then we'll then we'll spark some action. But the most popular video, we think it was around 2013. It was Cracker versus Geelong. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty random, but had around 13,000 views. Uh, but look, we have you know I have spoken to Dave about this. Um, countless Instagram stories. We had Pendlebury Week. We had Steel's 250 just a couple of weeks ago. It's literally the best thing on Instagram. It's literally the best thing. Now, unfortunately, sadly, there's no backup. So all of this work, this mountain of work, it's not just sitting there on a cloud. It's gone. It's gone forever. It's erased. Even if we were to win this battle and convince the AFL to release their tentacle-like grip on the fans, Mm. That work is gone. Now, I don't know what we do. I don't know whether we start a petition. I'm going to ask you, Alex. I, uh, I don't know how we navigate this, but surely it is pursuant on us. It's pursuant on every Collingwood supporter out there, every Collingwood fan, everyone that listens to Pie Hard, to let their anger be known, directed at the AFL. It's not Instagram. Instagram is just stooges. They do whatever the... They do whatever the master tells them, Zuckerberg. Oh, well, it's Zuckerberg, isn't it? Yeah. But we, we need to think of something. We need to get behind Dave. We need to support this cause and we need to do something. Do you know what pisses me off, Damien? I remember the first time we mentioned Collingwood Clips um, and we all kind of got our jollies because it turns out we'd all been watching it. It's, it's an addictive resource. It's a resource. It's like mm. a library. Mm. You know, it's an archive. Like you don't see the powers that be at Westminster mm. burning to the ground the Bodleian Library in Oxford. Mm. Burning the you know, books. Burning the book. It's, bur- it's book burning. Mm. It's, it's Nazi-esque. Mm. I'm, I'm going to go there. Mm. Um, and what really pisses me off is there's a similar resource, um, albeit not as entertaining, but a certainly a extremely popular and extremely entertaining resource on YouTube. If you Google anything cricket-related, especially anything nostalgic from yesteryear on YouTube, you will be given a list of videos to choose from uploaded by Robolinda2. And Robolinda2 has been committing, dedicating their time. It's It's an Australian male who has a massive archive of VHS tapes. He's been dedicating years of his life to digitizing these tapes and putting them on YouTube. And as a result... The average cricket fan, of which there are millions and billions, especially when you're talking India, and a lot of the viewers, you know, for these for these videos are in the subcontinent. All these people are getting this incredible resource and being able to like live and breathe this incredible cricketing culture, which mm. has been enshrined. Now, there was a legal problem where he was contacted. I know this because he was interviewed in the Great mm. Cricketer. Robolinda mm. was contacted, and there was some legal ramifications potentially for using all this copyrighted material, that the ICB, or whoever's the head honcho in international cricket, decided that the amount of engagement Mm. that the YouTube channel was bringing to the sport, to the game, at the grassroots level, people with the internet in their their dingy little bedrooms at home, living and breathing these incredible sporting moments. It's good for the game. It's good for the fucking game. Mm. Collingwood clips is not just good for Collingwood. This is engagement. No one's seeing this stuff. 
Mm. Like it's not available, readily no. available. You can't call name a game anymore. Get these mm. DVDs down. The bloody archive in the AFL website mm. only goes. It starts Useless. in like 2011 or something, and it's just rubbish. This is an absolute travesty. If there was a site called AFL Clips, and you paid your money, yeah, and you could select your team, and you got access to this footage, then I might understand. But even this then, you're not going to like you know. No one's got the time to trawl through, watch full games. Can I? Whereas, can I also say? <coughs> can I also disgusting. say? We follow a lot of Collingwood fan accounts. Yeah, we follow a lot we follow of them AFL. All. We, no, I'm not not going into names here, but we follow a lot of accounts. We're partially guilty of this, mm. and that is, you know, what happens after a game. We see all of our Collingwood friends in the media cut and slice up edits throw them up on their Instagram account, mm. check out the top five highlights, check out Dacos' goal of the week, check out Pendlebury bouncing a ball on a pigeon's head. I, I, It beggars belief. I don't understand why there's one rule for Collingwood Clips and another rule for everyone else. Mm. Because if you're going to counter us by saying that the AFL owns the footage and they can do what they want with it from a legal point of view, there would be no fan accounts. There mm. would be nothing. So to come after our man, to come after Dave, and yes, it's popular. There's a reason why it's popular. He's made no money off this. He's not selling merchandise. You know, God knows how you can sell a T-shirt with the likeness of an AFL player and charge 40 bucks for it like yeah. some people do, and we love him, respect I just don't understand the legalities and I I'll, I never will. And I think the AFL, it leads to the kind of the top of the program where we think Gil's gone mad. We think well, he's gone absolutely nuts. He's fallen off the polo horse. He's smashed his head. And he's sending out like the witch in The Wizard of Oz, sending out his flying mm. monkeys, the yes. goons, mm-hmm. to go to the scarecrow and remove all the stuffing. Yeah, the scarecrow. And who's the Tin Man? Uh, the Tin Man is uh, Alex Weislitz. So why? <laughs> I don't know who the Tin Man is. The Tin Man Weislitz, is fucking. Is the Tin Man is Weislitz fucking rolling is involved. in. His, if there's a guy that can help us, it's Weislitz. The Tin Maybe Man is rolling strategy. in his grave because he's opened up Instagram. He's gone to have a look at Collingwood clips, and it's not fucking there. Don't they understand the whole ecosystem of fan engagement is around sharing on social media? Like that's that's what the AFL wants and needs is for the rank and file supporter to get on social media and share how much they love the game. At Collingwood Clips is no longer, but you can search at Collingwood Clips underscore or one word at Collingwood Clips underscore on Instagram. On Instagram, Chuck Dave a follow. And he is going to release a statement of sorts explaining what has happened, what we must do, and it's, it's incumbent on all of us. We need to tag Collingwood Clips and we need to tag the AFL. Yeah. And we, we need to let them know. We need to send a message. Enough is enough. No more. Bring Collingwood Clips back. Dave, this one goes out to you. Thanks for the memories. 